This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. About to kick off another week, close to the end of this blessed year. Live from Studio C. Oh, it's easy, Dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Yeah, it's funny. I was at a gathering yesterday, uh, probably illegal. I don't know. Uh, and we all agreed it's possible 2020 could be the less bad prelude to a truly terrible 2021. Oh, really? I mean, it's not out of the question. What's what's the scenario that makes that a possibility? Well, uh, the the predictions of a nasty winter for the vid come true, for instance. And I'm not willing to concede that that's you know necessarily going to happen. And then post electoral violence, angst, and hate as the more extreme uh, actors at each end of the political spectrum try to whip up their folks. Clear into the next year? Yeah, demonstrations and burnings. Huh. I'm not saying it's likely. We were just contemplating the possibility, and it was agreed that it wasn't out of the question. <laughs> COVID <sighs> continuing to punish us and an economics just tsunami. That I can imagine. Yes. Housing yeah. crash. Stock no, market crash. come on now. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when I say that to most smart people I know, they say, oh, yeah, it's coming. It's just a matter of when. They ought to shut up. (laughs) Well, yeah. But nothing can match this. Nothing can match. He said it out loud, folks. Jack did. His fault. Only war with China could match this. So Um, I guess our general manager is the uncertain future, (laughs) which is just as jivey as can be. (laughs) The uncertain future. Yeah. How do you like that? But just the impeachment of a president followed by the virus kicking off and all the stuff that was the first time ever in America closed down, mask mandates, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then the George Floyd riots. Yeah, that was something. That period there, that, yeah. that, that, the first like five months of the year, just wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. It could be 2021. The judge appropriately, appropriately rules that the cops weren't guilty of much at all in that George Floyd thing. It was not what it looked like. But more on that later, if you like. Holy crappings. I found this on the copy machine where I copy my uh, printed out my somebody's, stack of stuff. Somebody's on. resume. It's always fun when you find somebody's resume on the copy machine. No, actually, it's radio DJ talking points for a restaurant. Apparently, somebody is endorsing. Okay. Uh, Their seasonal menu features 100% fresh whole produce, carefully sourced meats. How carefully? Eh, Look, there was a raccoon, there was a side of beef. I can't remember which which this steak came from. I don't recall. Uh, And seafood that are oak fire grilled or brick oven roasted to be flavorful, naturally lighter, and all under 595 calories. There you go. Sounds pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. 
That's pretty. I may, I may go eat there if I can figure out where it is. Hot take. I'm indifferent as to the sort of fuel that fed the fire that cooked my meat. Yeah. And that's because you're not an artisanal uh, something. Or I always assume that's some sort of marketing something or other. Just catering to the flavor chasers. Oak chips. All right. Flavor chasers. That's my dis- dismissive thing that I call foodies, and uh, I think it's <laughs> flavor chasers. Yeah, People yeah. who like good food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flavor chasers. The first time I ever met a foodie, uh, I was unfamiliar with the tomb- term. I was at this fancy, fancy restaurant, and this this group of people rolled in a limo, and there's like six of them, and they were co- they were all together going to this restaurant for it was like two hours from their home because they were foodies. And I said, "What's a foodie?" Because I'd never heard the term before. And she said, "Foodies don't actually swallow their food." There's also like one of the first uptalkers I'd ever been in, in contact with. So coincidence? It doesn't nope. sound odd now because my kids talk that way, but at that time it sounded very odd. We don't actually swallow our food; we just taste our food and chew it, and usually spit it out. And I thought, really? That's, that's a thing? An eating disorder. <laughs> yeah. I thought, that's a that's thing? Bulimia. I didn't realize that was a really a thing. Where? Bulimic. <laughs> <laughs> my hair is uh, stringy and my teeth are falling out. Interestingly. My fingernails are yellow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my liver is shut down like totally. <laughs> Not function at all. <laughs> There, there are certain things that a person might do. Like, for instance, maybe you're into fine food. You like food, wine, the rest of it. But there's a line you cross when you call yourself, I'm a foodie. I mean, you actually <laughs> say it. You know? just don't actually swallow their food. And when, as soon as she said that, I thought, what? I'm talking to a crazy person. <laughs> um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. Am I right that the presidential election is a week away from tomorrow? Is that right? According to some reports. One week? I'm treating it like Russian disinformation, which is a story <laughs> which we'll tell you about. I remember when I was a kid, get so geeked up for Christmas when I get close to think like it's actually going to happen because it had not happened. I'd been waiting for it for so long. The right. fact that it was actually going to happen seemed weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of feel that way about the election. So it's actually going to happen. At some point, it will be in the past. It will have happened. It is over. A decision has been made. Yes. And you don't need to talk about it anymore. Right. That could happen. It's a beautiful dream. It'd be awesome. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. Once again, um, I was listening to radio and uh, top of the hour news where I was at anyway. Will Trump leave office? Will he accept yeah. the results? That's yeah. going to be the big thing now. No, surely not. I that, know that top of the hour news you're referring to, Michael, and it's crappy. That's yeah. terrible. That story is for dum-dums. That, it, that, it really that particular is. story is for dum-dums. Yeah, yeah they're or, hitting that this morning on uh, Nakedly Progressive Radio really? using their ever so serious tone. What if he rejects the results and attempts to hold on to power? Will the military play a role? That's the question. All right. You're a dumb dumb. <laughs> See, I want him to hold on to the Oval Office, you know, and have to be dragged out by his legs mm-hmm. on live TV, you know. Just- <laughs> Michelangelo classically rooting for whatever is the quickest destination to getting test bar patterns on our television screen That's at any true. moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the internet shut down. What is happening? <laughs> there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Had a uh, had my first kind of alone weekend in a in a while. I know that's a little weird in the uh, in the whole uh, COVID era, but it's not necessarily. But I just didn't have any responsibilities or anything else to do, so I literally did not leave my apartment for the entirety of the weekend, and it was great. Wow, it was great. Wow, it was fantastic. You my don't su- feel cooped up? No, cabin no. fever. No, I would have done another two days easily. Wow, and Friday and Saturday were some of the nicest days in the history of nice days. I opened a window. Whatever. I opened a window. <laughs> you ought to get out the yeah. side, blow some of the stink off. I can't stay inside if it's nice out. I just, I'm physically incapable. 
Mm. I just can't do it. You're very outdoors. My kids sure can do it. It's the younger generation, Sean. My supplies are low, though, so I need to I need to make a supplies run later. Have an endorsement. That's what you are. Yep. We did uh, Nintendo Free Sunday, which we do every Sunday, and all oh, the kids hate that. Oh, oh my God. boy, sounds okay. like torture. Yeah, and and I and I, as I was telling them yesterday afternoon, you know, the more you complain about how torturous this is, the more I think we need to do this more often and probably add another day. Oh, oh, um, excellent counterpoint. Well, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, this, this, is, this is so punishing. The point is that you seem a little addicted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You seem to have nothing else that sounds enjoyable. Other than this. Yes. If they had that same feeling towards throwing a football and you had a no f- football throwing Sunday, because all they did was talk about throwing a football. No, I wouldn't feel the same way, because throwing a football is good for you and playing video games is bad for you. End of discussion. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> I want them to get some exercise. One is exercise and one is not, and there's no doubt about that. And young boys especially. Got to get some freaking exercise. Absolutely. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, October 26th, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. How's his grip strength? <laughs> we learned a younger generation is weak grip strength. It's probably going to be less than mine, and mine is less than my dad's, and his is probably less than his dad's. Okay. I think that's just the direction we're going. Your granddad. They're much better at resetting the Wi-Fi, though. You, yes. You're, uh, that is absolutely right. Your granddad, I remember, he used to crush a cue ball to entertain <laughs> Uh, folks at a party, bare hand. All right, let's begin the show officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, there's plenty to talk about. We're going to do it at Mark. We have an a trade deficit that's larger with China than when we were there. We Actually, that depends on how you calculate it. The overall trade deficit with China was slightly lower in 2019 than it was during the last three years of the Obama administration. So what was that? Fact check. That was, uh, apparently, Joe Biden was also on 60 Minutes last night. Had no idea. Yeah, nobody. Who knew that was coming? There was no build up to Not that. Not a clue. But I just thought that <laughs> was who a, had any interest in watching it. <laughs> another excellent point. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was a, a little bit of the. Uh, you know, sometimes they get called out on their stuff too. Although yeah, that cool. was a pretty softball call out. Uh, yeah. Although, uh, okay, boomer really applies to sixty minutes. So you're going to have both candidates on a week before the election. <laughs> oh, well, ooh, here's a chance to tune in and see what the candidates think. One week till the election. I better get out my voting book. Half of people they expect are going to vote before Election Day. Half. Mm. Like a third already have. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we're just, times have changed. We got to we gotta get with the times. Oh, you got both candidates on. Let me pull up a chair. And so I know who I vote for. Finally, <laughs> a chance to hear from these fellows. <laughs> okay, Bima. Okay, Bima. <laughs> oh, boy. A lot, lot to catch up on. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. It's good. Solid. Monday. You know. What do you want? We got to take a look at the way the vid is ro- re- rearing its head around the world. God dang it. Tis. The heck That's is right, going God. on there? With the usual caveat, which I'm going to point out in the Washington Post. Some of these rises could be to increase testing. How much? How much? Then they just move back to the doom and gloom part of the story. Increased testing doesn't account for all of the cases. How much does it count for? <laughs> Shut up. Moving along. Moving along. Shut up. Don't, just, don't look here. Shut up. Quiet. Anyway, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Chasing down trending hashtags is my thing. Like Saturday night, I was really busy on Hunter Biden foot job. 
Hashtag. Oh, but, my. Um, well, that was, oh. It was everywhere. It was a story. Facebook yeah. and Twitter went into uh, overdrive, taking down sex videos of Hunter Biden, apparently. But anyway, too late for me. <laughs> I've moved on to uh, hashtag fake Melania, which is the hot trend right now. There are Melania doubles. Oh, yeah, this thing bubbles up every so often. Yeah, right. And they got a latest picture of her on the helicopter. Clearly not her. It's a double. The real Melania has been gone for years. Uh, so we'll uh, drill down on that. Live team, live team coverage. If you play Trump's speech backwards, he admits it. <laughs> fake hashtag fake Melania. That's hilarious. Mailbag. Woo-hoo! How about one more from Orwell? I keep coming across great uh, freedom-loving quotes of the day from George Orwell. Perhaps you've heard of him. <clears throat> His writing is among the most Orwellian I have ever read. And if all others accepted the lie which the party imposed, if all records told the same tale, then the lie passed into history and became truth. Who controls the past, ran the party slogan, controls the future. Who controls the present, controls the past. That's interesting. I just like how he uh, included the idea of uh, repeating a lie often enough, etc., and his controlling the past thing. Uh, And this one, freedom is the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Agreed. So, uh, where's the chick music, writes Julie. She listened to our fabulous One More Thing podcast. Uh, She was catching up on them over the weekend. Mm. They're all delightful. And most of them are not time-sensitive. They're not ripped from today's headlines, uh, but uh, she—it was the one where that's we were, why they will be entertaining people long after we're dead. That's right. Um, it, or, uh, oh, and she said she really enjoyed it, but uh, not here to impugn anybody's choices. They were great, but as a natural result of the fact that you're all men, your selections were all very dude heavy. Maybe for the holidays, you could persuade your wives to participate in the special edition of One More Thing where they give their all-time top album picks, and she gives hers. Uh, I encourage you to email, ladies, your top ten albums of all time, and we'll discuss them during the One More Thing podcast. Give me one of hers. Uh, Her list is fantastic. Uh, Tracy Chapman's self-titled first album. Beautiful album. Fiona Apple, title. I think Fiona Apple's a genius. She's completely nuts, but she's a genius. Cheryl Crow's uh, Tuesday Night Music Club. Mm. Uh, and on like that. She also has some fellers like James Blunt, uh, Back to Bedlam, Chris Isaac's Forever Blue. Jagged, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette was really close to, to making it on mine, but didn't make the cut. You ever notice something about because that ironic she's song? a girl. <laughs> yeah, because she's a woman. <laughs> she have no game name. She girl. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bill in Ohio. It's been a friend of Armstrong and Getty since, uh, oh man, since several radio stations ago. Wow. Uh, in uh, In the Bay Area of California. Uh, guys, uh, kind of strange. If Biden Harris is so popular, why has Barack Obama got 124 million followers on Twitter? Trump has 87 million. Joe Biden has 11 million, and Kamala has 2.6. Oh, well, come on. they're not very popular. No, nobody, nobody's really claiming that. No, they're not popular at all. They're the not popular. Trump is popular. They're the very popular alternative, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, nobody has any enthusiasm for either one of them. They're uh, they're 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 nothings. Uh, more evidence of an enthusiasm gap, writes uh, Christy. Just drove from New York to California this week. On the drive, I saw a grand total of four signs for Biden-Harris, two of which were official billboards, by the way. One lawn sign in Denver, one in Park City, Utah. By the end of Ohio, I'd completely lost count of the number of flags, banners, billboards, signs, bumper stickers, shirts, hats, barns for Trump, Pence, and Kansas. I saw some t- type of military base with a two-story building covered in a Trump, Pence banner. 
I don't know. Just don't catch your count your chickens yet, folks. Hmm. Yeah, could be. Um, WIBS 2020, write in Baby Shark 2020. And then uh, there's somebody who witnessed a pro-Trump USA car parade in Northern California, which is famously very, very blue. Um, and it was hundreds and hundreds of vehicles on and on and on. People going the other way, honking in their support and giving thumbs up. Um, so, and, and his theory is, and we don't have a lot of time, but his theory is there is an enormous non-poll answering silent Trump voter uh, majority. I don't think I buy that, but we'll find out in a week, won't we? I didn't until somebody said it's become such a habit in cancel culture. In areas that have the angry, violent, I hate you left, which is the West Coast writ large and a lot of other places increasingly, people just get in the habit of either saying, I'm not answering that question, or they walk away. There are a hell of a lot more people going to vote this time around than last time around. Is it mostly Democrats? Mostly Republicans? Actually, I should say, is it mostly Biden people? Is it mostly Trump people? Or is it going to be, you know, roughly an equal split to the rest of the voting. I have no idea. But that's uh, that's something the polls don't usually get. Right, right. It's all about turnout. Armstrong and Getty. to go into a dark winter a dark winter and he has no clear plan and there's no prospect that there's going to be a vaccine available for the majority of the american people before the middle of next year last night he said america is entering a dark winter isn't that really inspirational he's running for president think of it we have this guy that can't even speak and he goes we're entering a dark winter so that was Biden from 60 Minutes and Trump from uh, one of his rallies, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll, we might enter a dark winter. I'm not sure politicians can do much about it. Look what's happening in Europe right now or all around the world. Some places that cracked down like crazy are just getting slammed. Some places that didn't crack down at all are getting slammed. Man, it rolls in and it does what it wants to do, I think. Yeah, I have some really interesting, solid statistics that you're not going to hear today from the news media because fear drives clicks. Uh, That reminds me. eh, Do we have time for this? Yeah, bit of a tangent. Uh, As I was listening to uh, Nakedly Progressive Radio, because I punish myself for my sins uh, by listening to (laughs) them. That's weird. Um, They were trying to pitch in their be afraid, be very afraid voice. The idea that uh, Donald J. was not going to leave the White House if he lost. We got a text about that. actually hilarious. We got a text about that. Well, how about we cover that next segment? Okay. Uh. And and it, it got me started on a thought experiment, which I'm going to engage in all day long today. And, and I recommend it to you, too. We'll talk about that and those COVID stats in the next segment. I promise. But I want to make sure we have time for this. Uh, it's making the rounds around the Internet uh, from across the pond, uh, the special relationship. Great Britain. Uh, this is a British MP. It uh, means uh, master uh, uh, podiatrist, I believe, or member of parliament. Desmond Swain is talking about the British response to the COVID. And you may find some of these ideas uh, somewhat appealing slash sensible slash familiar if you listen to the show 31. 
If you were to ask a scientist, how do you stop a virus that spreads through human contact? Do not be surprised if he answers telling you that you must stop human contact as far as possible. It falls to us, however, to decide whether the price is worth paying in terms of the misery and unemployment that it generates. A generation marred in their life chances, mind-boggling borrowing that we will have to repay over years, which will diminish proper investment in public services and industry. All that, and for what? The Secretary of State has told us this week that the average number of deaths is consistent with the long-term average for this time of year. 1,600 people die every day, but COVID is by no means chief amongst their killers. And it's no good to say that, well, every other jurisdiction in the world is following basically the same policy. That would strike me as herd stupidity. <laughs> That's a great phrase. Yeah, I do like that. That'll catch on. Yeah, yep. <laughs> The, he goes into a little more detail. Let's go ahead. Uh, there are just two more clips. Uh, let him make his argument. And speaking of herds, I understand that a number of ministers have questioned the existence of herd immunity, which is odd, given that a successful vaccine uh, program relies on herd immunity, and that is the basket into which the government has placed all its eggs. Throw into this mix, Madam Deputy Speaker, the fact that we appear to be determined to claim every possible death as a COVID death, as if we were in some sort of international league and competition. Add into it the failure to be absolutely upfront about the limitations of the PCR test as a means of tracking the disease. Add into that mix uh, the way that we use large numbers to terrify people. We've been told that intensive care units are at 80% of their capacity. Of course, at this time of year, mm. that is exactly what you would expect them to have. Hmm. No wonder our constituents are writing to us with ever greater conspiracy theories because our actions defy rational explanation. There's a fair amount to unpack there. Number one, I love the idea. It's like we're in some sort of international tournament to see who can say they have the most deaths. If it's not true of government, it's absolutely true of the media. They take the scariest number they can find, then even fudge it a little if they can get away with it. As far as the percentage of beds, I thought the very thing several times this weekend when I heard Michigan or whatever state uh, is at 85% of capacity, and I thought, and the journalist isn't going to ask the obvious question, what is it normally this time of year? Given You're not going to ask zero percent clearly. <laughs> what, what is it during the flu season or, or you know, after Fourth of July weekend? I don't I don't have any idea. Neither does anybody else. What normal bed capacity is? Maybe 50 is where it is all the time. I don't know. Well, here's a hint. Building and maintaining an ICU is an incredibly expensive business. 
If you were in a super expensive business, how much unused capacity would you want laying around? Not a lot. Or would you build your facility so that it could manage your usual load of business? Right. Right. Obviously. Now the uh, the Brit brings it home in 33. Bring it home, Seth. Now, hallelujah, the consensus has been broken. The prime minister has finally resisted the advice that he has been given by the scientists, just at a time that the opposition have embraced it with enthusiasm. Now at least an argument can be had, and proper scrutiny and freedom from groupthink will arise. The danger is, if we do not change the way we respond to this disease, in years to come, historians will pick over how it was a prosperous society entered into such a devastating act of self-harm. Order! Order! I wanted more of that. That's good stuff. Yeah, it seems like they have a more um, robust debate with a vocal opposition to the way we're doing things than we have. It would seem so. That is directly from the floor of parliament that is not a media report and i think that's a significant distinction it's difficult to take in an eloquent persuasive speech from that point of view via the american media because they won't they won't give it to you they don't have the problem that we have with all conversations uh, which side of this is trump on because i'm on the side trump's not on right no matter well trump is against you being jabbed in the eye give me a pencil give me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's that crazy. There's no Bojo derangement syndrome being discussed in Great Britain. You're right. We've lost our minds. God, media are like hormonal teenagers. You just can't reason with them. Anyway, some really interesting COVID stats. Plus, Joe Biden forgot who he was running against. Oh, speaking boy. of uh, speaking of stories being quashed, Jack, France, Italy, and Spain all with records of cases. Although, cases, all, cases. Although this article said um, they're not at records of hospitalizations or deaths, and some of the cases could be attributed to increased testing. How much? You know how no. much? The more no. you're testing, not why you. don't you give me that number? Not going to tell you. <laughs> you got to subscribe for that. It's Some. a secret. I do subscribe. Oh. I read the whole article. It's not in there. Subscribe again. Oh. <laughs> Here's a question for you. How can we scare you if you have all the facts and that makes it less scary? Huh? Answer well, that one. Here's, here's what I would guess, though. Here's what I guess since I read a similar thing in the Washington Post and the New York Times. The number of increased cases in the United States or Europe or wherever, and then, then a tiny paragraph. Sometimes they don't even put the paragraph in there. But they put the little paragraph in there where they say some of this is attributable to increased testing. I feel like if... You couldn't explain a big chunk of it away by increased testing. They would tell us. Since they're in the job of scaring us. Yes. They would give us the facts and figures to the letter if they could say, and don't be thinking this is from increased testing, because here are the facts and figures. Right. Well, The reason you're not giving it to me is I think it waters down your argument. To put it a different way, the reason that article exists is because of a rise of a particular number. There's another number that would make that rise less notable. That has to be in the article if the reason for the article is the rise in the number. It's deliberate uh, obfuscation. It's worse than obfuscation. It's, it's fraud. 
It's attempting to defraud you for the purpose of getting your clicks. Now, deaths are up uh, on the 14-day rolling average across the country. How much? Uh, let me check the latest. It well, you know from... what? That's what I was about to get into with the stats. Okay. So when okay. do we come back with that? Plus, Joe Biden doesn't know who he's running against. Um, and we got a hit because we got a bunch of texts on the, why are you covering for Trump? He's not going to leave office conversation. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. So All we right. got to get into that. Okay. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let me just pay it off quickly because we got a text from a regular texter, and I like the regular texters, uh, you know, provide so much information and mirth. Greetings, um, uh, texters. And uh, more or less, my text line just died, but more or less summarizing it, it's uh, really like the show, but you guys are so biased toward Trump, sometimes it makes it hard to listen to. Oh. Why don't you think it's a possibility that he won't leave office? Well, let's start with, and here's probably where we differ a lot. I don't think he's insane. For him to decide to not leave would make him insane. Like, actually needs to be locked in a rubber room in a, with a straight jacket on insane. Right. Because of being an insane thing. The other part of it is, you cease being president on January 20th at noon. Well, who, at January 20th noon, whoever gets elected next Tuesday becomes president, whether mm-hmm. it's Trump or Biden. Whether you like it or not, whether Trump likes it or not, if Biden is elected, Biden becomes president and has all the power of presidency at noon on January 20th. Trump is just a regular guy like me at that point. So so it's not like Thor's hammer in that whoever right. is wielding the hammer has all the powers of Thor. Right. 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 Yeah, the Supreme Court ruled on that actually so last stop March. The hammering. So Trump could call Thor versus Loki. So Trump could. And again, he'd have to be insane to do this. And I don't believe he's insane. I know some of you do, but I, I think you're crazy. Um. Uh, he would he would call up the military and say, "Yeah, I need you to surround the White House because I'm not leaving." They say, "You're just a regular guy. Yeah, what, you're not who, the commander in chief." Yeah, click. <laughs> well, if I could put it another way, and I, I say to this, I say this to my friends, and you are my friends, and uh, you know we do advocate a particular point of view around here at least uh, some of the time, and and we appreciate your patience if you don't swing that way politically. But you need to explain to me what it would look like if Trump, quote unquote, refused to give up power. And Jack is starting to describe that scenario. I mean, he would have no power. Well, the power the gives Republican you up. The Republican Party would not back him. The Congress would not. The Senate would not. The courts would not. The military. Nobody would accept that. I wouldn't accept it. Nobody would. So who is he going to call? Is Jared going to stand there with both fists ready Jared. to go at the door of the <laughs> Oval with Office? With aviators on <laughs> in a sport coat. Particularly funny example. Right. <laughs> Jared. What? Come on! Who's next? <laughs> what would that scenario look like? Here's what's going to happen. Extremely close election. There's some vote count disputes, recounts, etc. Bush-Gore 2000, Florida. Supreme Court will rule extremely quickly. Something of this importance and urgency, even the soups, show up for work immediately. Uh, they'll hash it out. There will be a decision made. We will know the result. And the loser will go the hell home. Period. Period. There is no other scenario except what in the fever to match. No. 
well, then he'll be saying no as they drag his ass out of the White House because he's a private citizen who has no right to be in there. Again, you'd have to be completely insane. He would have to be a guy that wants his legacy to be. The only thing he would be known forever as in the history books right. is a crazy person who got drug out, like right. carried out with his hands behind his back. Now, <laughs> chanting wants lock that. her up as he goes. <laughs> now, one of the aspects of Trump that bothered me a lot is he is too hyperbolic or not hyperbolic too imprecise in talking about if the election is disputed if some of the results are in question that sort of thing and and it's given rise to this to me hilarious urban legend that he might not leave office um and i wish he'd be more precise when he talks about well if there are voting disputes yes we will contest them before i accept the result which is what he means um i could easily see to protect his ego and brand, to say we got ripped off, we got it was the fix was in, it was illegitimate. As he returns home to Trump Tower in Mar-a-Lago and does a lucrative speaking tour for the rest of his living days, I could see him doing that, and it's to his discredit that he does that sort of thing. But no, there is not one chance in ten thousand that as of three o'clock in the afternoon on inauguration day he is quote held on to power. Not a chance. Bullshit. All right, Mr. President, sir. So let's talk about these COVID statistics. One of our, our big gripes right now is uh, the news media is big on there's been a 20% rise in cases. And then in the very last paragraph, some of that could be explained by a rise in testing. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I'm looking at daily tests, and uh, and they bottomed out in... Uh, Joe Giddy, COVID denier. Uh, around the first week of September, it bottomed out, not because um, uh, there were a lack of tests or anything, but uh, the cases were, were down and, and people didn't have any interest in being tested, which adds another layer of uh, statistical uh, complexity to this. Because then, as cases started to go up, so did testing. They co-support each other. And the rise from the first week of September to the current number appears to be, I'm looking at this graph, it's a little hard to read, um, it's a rise from seven, uh, about 7,100 a day up to 9,500 a day. So that's like a 33% rise in testing. So yeah, there are more cases, but there are going to seem to be more cases. Just because of the testing. So let's go to deaths. That's really the only statistic that's reliable. And even that's suspect in some ways, but we'll the, put that aside. The 14-day average for deaths, though, is now up 12% as a 14-day average, which is not a good number. I, di- I didn't think that that number ever would go up again after it finally stopped. When was that? A couple of months ago. Um, new deaths up 12% on the 14-day average. Hope that doesn't continue. Yeah, it seems to have bottomed out at uh, in the 670s per day early this month, and now they're thinking it's in the 770s. So it's up by 100 people a day, which is, uh, you know, obviously a problem. But at what cost do we as a country prevent 770 deaths a day? There are 350 million people here. If we could only save 99% of us. Well, not only that, and I'm glad uh, you said that, it reminds me, a large 
portion of the rise in cases is healthy young college students who are to a man to a woman fine with incredibly rare exceptions that's a lot of your increase in your uh your uh, lowly populated midwestern sort of states mm-hmm. i know that's what happened in my uh, my brother's town they had no covid it was as if it didn't exist until college came back in session and the kids came back right right um, and now there is no arguing with the dead people. There's quibbling because of the uh, distinction between died of COVID and died with COVID. Because if you have some 76-year-old professor in a college town who's been in terrible health, he's getting cancer treatment, etc. And when he goes down and they, and they do the blood tests and stuff, turns out he has the COVID. That's a death with COVID. So if Biden wins um, and then he's in charge as of noon on January 20th, um, uh, Unless what, Trump refuses to do you, leave. Do you think the coverage will be like starkly different of the COVID? All of a sudden, you know, shading it the other direction or not? Yes. Yeah, I think it will be, especially as it relates to any policy that's announced. I mean, they'll they'll be <laughs> almost instantaneous. Oh, really? You think yeah. so? Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's yeah. disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's... Uh, yeah, well, I thought maybe the excitement of bad news would uh, continue it to be shaded toward the worst possible scenario. Ooh. But he's going to announce policies and say he's got it under control, and the media is probably going to say, "Yeah, you absolutely do." They will. They will still report the dead people because that's exciting. Um, but they will try to shade it so that it's not Biden's fault, which will be a, a fun rhetorical uh, yoga session to witness. <laughs> As they twist themselves into knots that have to hurt. A yoga session. Yeah. 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 Joe Biden doesn't know who he's running against. It's true. Can't deny it. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty.